Chapter Three, Section Nine of the Greek View of Life by Goldsworthy Lowes Dickinson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Martin Geeson. Chapter Three, Section Nine. Protests against the common view of women. Nevertheless, there are not wanting indications, both in theory and practice, of a protest against it. In Sparta, as we have already noticed, girls, instead of being confined to the house, were brought up in the open air among the boys, trained in gymnastics, and accustomed to run and wrestle naked and plato modelling his view upon this experience makes no distinction of the sexes in his ideal republic women he admits are generally inferior to men but they have similar if lower capacities and powers there is no occupation or art for which they may not be fitted by nature and education, and he would therefore have them take their share in government and war, as well as in the various mechanical trades. None of the occupations, he says, which comprehend the ordering of a state belong to woman as woman, nor yet to man as man but natural gifts are to be found here and there in both sexes alike and so far as her nature is concerned the woman is admissible to all pursuits as well as the man though in all of them the woman is weaker than the man in adopting this attitude plato stands alone not only among greeks but one might almost say among mankind till we come to the latest views of the nineteenth century but there is another greek the poet euripides who without advancing any theory about the proper position of women yet displays so intimate an understanding of their difficulties and so warm and close a sympathy with their griefs that some of his utterances may stand to all time as documents of the dumb and age-long protest of the weaker against the stronger sex in illustration we may cite the following lines from the medea applicable mutatis mutandis to how many generations of suffering wives of all things that have life and sense we women are most wretched for we are compelled to buy with gold a husband who is also worst of all the master of our person and on his character good or bad our whole fate depends for divorce is regarded as a disgrace to a woman and she cannot repudiate her husband then coming as she does into the midst of manners and customs strange to her 
she would need the gift of divination unless she has been taught at home to know how best to treat her bedfellow and if we manage so well that our husband remains faithful to us and does not break away we may think ourselves fortunate if not there is nothing for it but death a man when he is vexed at home can go out and find relief among his friends or acquaintances but we women have none to look to but him they tell us we live a sheltered life at home while they go to the wars but that is nonsense for i would rather go into battle thrice than bear a child once hitherto we have been speaking mainly of the position of the wife in greece it is necessary now to say a few words about that class of women who were called in the greek tongue hetairai and who are by some supposed to have represented intellectually at least a higher level of culture than the other members of their sex in exceptional cases this no doubt was the fact aspasia for example the mistress of pericles was famous for her powers of mind according to plato she was an accomplished rhetorician and the real composer of the celebrated funeral oration of pericles and plutarch asserts that she was courted and admired by the statesmen and philosophers of greece but aspasia cannot be taken as a type of the hetairai of greece that these women by the variety and freedom of their life may and must have acquired certain qualities of character and mind that could hardly be developed in the seclusion of the greek home may readily be admitted we know for example that they cultivated music and the power of conversation and were welcome guests at supper parties but we have no evidence that the relations which they formed rested as a rule on any but the simplest physical basis the real distinction under this head between the greek point of view and our own appears to lie rather in the frankness with which this whole class of relations was recognized by the greeks there were temples in honour of aphrodite pandemos the goddess of illicit love and festivals celebrated in her honour statues were erected of famous courtesans of phryne for example at delphi between two kings and philosophers and statesmen lived with their mistresses openly without any loss of public reputation every man said the orator demosthenes requires besides his wife at least two mistresses 
and this statement made as a matter of course in open court is perhaps the most curious illustration we possess of the distinction between the greek civilization and our own as regards not the fact itself but the light in which it was viewed End of chapter 3, section 9 Recording by Martin Giessen in Hazelmere, Surrey